Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. Well, there are six of these movies. There sure are. Yeah, there sure are, Tyler. This is the sixth one <laughs> checks out. of the Scream franchise. They did I really again. like the first four of these Scream <laughs> <laughs> there is a, and I think I said this at the time when we were reviewing them. It does feel like each one steps down from the previous, but not by much. Mm-hmm. Similar to Hunger Games, um, I would happily. I mean, the first one is amazing. I would rewatch yeah. the first Scream, whatever. And then each one I would I would rewatch fewer times than the previous. But yeah, five and six, I don't need them. I'm all right. Well, laying down the gauntlet. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I. D- I, I am probably going to be the uh, the negative Nelly of tonight's episode. I, I think I, we might have a couple of those. I have a lot of negatives. It's not all negatives. I think it's a, it's an improvement for me from the fifth one. Is my okay. is my sort of twist here, and not I necessarily totally to that. the point of like, oh man, give him another shot. But sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can totally Resident see that. Scream yeah. Five hater. Uh, this one was not quite as upsetting to me. So we'll uh, we'll get into it, um, yeah. Alex. What what t- tell us how, what tell us what everyone else thinks about Scream Six. Well, Scream Six from 2023, directed by Matt Bedinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillert. It has a 76 percent critic mm-hmm. score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that might actually match Scream Five. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very similar, and then a 91 percent audience score okay <laughs> that's just like i don't and the audience score is now very like like it's hard to do bad on the audience score i think with the way they've kind of redone things so that there's not a lot of like you can't go like review on it and like unless you're the last two jason Bourne movies am yeah, sure. i right sure. but if you're like relatively crowd-pleasing i don't know if you're if you're giving audiences what they want then i guess for the most part it's fine but like I... yeah that 76 is interesting I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to think about that. Uh, While I think about yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. So I can't. I can't find a synopsis for it. Oh, Normally, no. if I Google movie title and synopsis, <laughs> they give me one. Oh, the only one I can find is for Scream Five. <laughs> but um, the the plot on IMDb says in the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. Do they? Can I can I read the one off of Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, go for it. It it is just a single sentence. <laughs> Following the latest ghost face killings, the four survivors leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter. Okay, so that's a... <laughs> which makes it sound like 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 a a children's book series. Why couldn't they call it Six from the Book of Scream? <laughs> you know. Especially after the fact that they didn't embrace the last movie, it, it, they just called it Scream. They didn't call it Five Cream like everyone thought. Right. Like this one, they really needed to go above and beyond to compensate. And they just yeah. were like, no, it's Scream 6, whatever. Yeah. But, it's, but they kill the numeral and do a Roman numeral. Oh, right. They yeah. do Screevy. Yeah. Instead of just Scream number 6. Guys, stop it. <laughs> stop messing with it. You, you know what? I, I kind of just 
I I, I want to make this a broader argument across like all franchises. Can we can we stop just like with with any sort of fancy nonsense? Like I'm okay if you you do the name of the the series and then part one, part two, part three, or you just do one, two, three. Right. Stop doing the cutesy clever stuff. Yeah. But unless you're Deadpool, in which case do that stuff and not what you're currently doing. Well, and I I don't mind when movies have subtitles like Captain America uh Brave New World. Like that I'm fine with that. It can be harder to know what order they go in, but it gives you an idea of what the movie is. So I'm fine with that too. But yeah, it's when they it's basically when they mess with the naming. I I I think I've seen too many examples of franchises that do it wrong that I want to just make a general rule across sure. the board. We, we will, we will like, between to... Fast and Fast and Furious and Terminator, like everyone just needs to stop it. I feel like we will have to have a bit of a reckoning with the John Wick franchise. Maybe okay. Oh, true. Yeah. I was thinking uh, that those were. I was thinking that they had done John Wick two and then Chapter four done a weird thing there but apparently john wick 2 is also called chapter 2 so you know what it's fine but they do have a random subtitle on the third one um anyway yeah well eventually we're gonna get to you know craven colon tim's apostles or whatever that's gonna end up being <laughs> it's no no it'll be called craven from the book of spider from the book of sinister not to be confused with the franchise mm-hmm. sinister sure <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great and then they'll, yeah. they'll start the Sinister Six franchise, and so we'll, we'll eventually get... And they'll just, like, follow it normally, so it's going to be Sinister Six 1, Sinister Six 2, <laughs> Sinister Six 3, and, until we get Sinister Six 6. Right, right, right. Look, th- this is really just my long con of trying to get Fantastic Four to call themselves Fantastic Four 2, Fantastic right. Four 3. Fant- right, yeah. I want that because it would be funny. Four from the Fantastic Book. <laughs> Um, I will also, <laughs> I want to, I want to preface our discussion of Scream 6 with this. A lot of my, I, I don't think it works as a movie, but a lot of my complaints about it, a lot of the things I didn't like about it are so subjective and everything is subjective, but it's so much about just Britain, the stuff that Britain does and doesn't like. This movie just very early on makes me look at a bunch of stuff I don't like looking at. Has It's not even about exegesis or or analysis it's just about like i don't like that um i don't like college parties in movies i recognize that that's very whatever of me it makes me uncomfortable so i didn't like that scene um i do not like the characters in this (laughs) i don't like them um and we'll actually core four there's a core four and it's it that never worked for me. It didn't work for me as making fun of it, and it didn't work for me as a thing to get behind. Yeah. Um, and I will say it multiple times, so let's go ahead and say it. I hate Mindy. Okay. I don't like Mindy. Interesting. I don't I I physically dislike Mindy. Um <laughs> and it's because I know it's because I've met people like her in real life. Hmm. That it is because and this is not a knock on the actor who must be giving a good performance because I'm having such a strong reaction to the character. And she's yeah, very charismatic. Thought, uh, it's Jasmine Savoy Brown. Yes. Uh, I, actually, she's, she's, I actually really liked her in this performance. Well, she's very charismatic. Yeah. She um, has some really, I she does have some good jokes. Also like, have major quibbles with how she's written, but yeah, I thought but just, there's a good. lot of points where I was like, I have known too many people who, who <laughs> I no, no, no. At one point, the curly headed hit who is effing nothing says, 
who talks about Chad as being like the condescending alpha. And I was like, the condescending alpha is Mindy. <laughs> like he, Chad is not, Chad is nice. Chad is milk toast. Chad yeah. <laughs> is oatmeal. <laughs> Real backhanded Mi- compliments Mi- to Chad over here. Chad was fine. Mindy is the condescending alpha. But anyway, so, so a lot of it is just down to like me having such gut reactions to stuff that is not really about filmmaking. It's just about like, Oh, I didn't like that. So of course, it, you know, and, and, and they didn't have enough stuff to back it up. We'll, we'll get into it. And I, I did take a lot of notes, but. Um, a random thought on, on the actress, Jasmine Savoy Brown. Um, cause I, I thought I recognized her cause she has like a very distinct face. Um, and even watching the first or not the first one, the last movie, yeah. I, I felt the same. She's in the leftover season two. She, uh, she kind of wow. has a, a key role in that and she's quite memorable. Okay. I'll say that. I mean, she, I yeah, like she's good. Yeah. I I kind of liken it to Jamie Kennedy, Kennedy actually, which is kind of fitting because she's okay. kind of that part where yeah, I feel yeah. like maybe the writing isn't super strong, but I I do like the performance. I like oh, yeah. I, I like her. Yeah, the the writing that leaves a lot to be yeah. desired. And, and I feel like Mason Gooding's fine. I I'm not on the Jenna Ortega train yet. I know everyone loves her because she played the cello on Netflix. Yeah, but. I and, and this is not a knock on her. I just haven't seen her in the thing yet. I was like this with Andrew Garfield for a long time, where I was like, I have nothing against this guy. I j- I don't. I'm not there yet. And then Tick Tick Boom and uh, No Way Home. I was like, Yeah, okay, sure. Here I am. And so I just haven't gotten there with with Ortega yet. Um, but I feel like uh, Melissa Barrera is just kind of there. Yeah. Um. Eh. But but and Britain, she has trauma. She does, and it's in it. But um, and I and I like Melissa Barrera, and I've liked her in in, in the Heights. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of the things where I was like, I just, I don't know, I don't I don't like the characters. And so then when this movie is so much about, oh no, these are now our characters. I was like, oh yeah, I don't want. That. <laughs> Whereas in the previous one, it's like, oh, who are the new characters? Who is we're setting up this new uh, chapter. And now we're in it, and you know, not for me. Can I can I talk about the one element that I I actually really liked about the movie? Just kind New of York. <laughs> well, I, I mean, love I, when a movie the, goes to New York, I mean, they the never change, get in a cab. <laughs> the change of scenery does help a little bit. It helps to differentiate the set pieces, you know, at least a sure. little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't use it that to that great okay. effect but at least it's something yeah um i really like the opening scene um yes or, it's really like a couple of scenes that are kind of interconnected um and it almost plays up the thing that i had been talking about in our previous episodes on the screen movies where i kind of wish that one of these movies started with one of the killers getting killed and then being confused about oh yeah. what, what what does that mean right. <laughs> um because we have the setup where it's kind of just like a classic scream setup where somebody gets manipulated into getting into a situation and they get stabbed. Um, and it's Samara weaving, um, uh, which uh. I, I'm kind of sick of the stunt casting at the beginning just to kill off somebody who I, I in, have in her own right, like, like should be the star yeah. of the film. <laughs> I have a couple of feelings about this, yeah. um, but continue your thing and then I'll say it. Yeah, but uh, the killer is uh, uh, Flash Thompson from the MCU Spider-Man movies. Uh, yeah, I wrote a note. I buy Tony Revolori as a creep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I really like that and the fact that we follow him home. 
Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, that's that's different. Haven't seen that in a Scream movie. Okay, this is fun. I don't I don't really know where this is going. It's an interesting yeah. start. And then he ends up getting tricked, and somebody kills him. Um, and we kind of see like where he's been hanging up his masks and stuff, and it's like, okay, there's there's some kind of plan going on after uh, um, after literally fridging uh, his partner. Yes. In crime. Yes. So you know what? Yeah. And, Fair enough. Well. I actually, that was a fun moment for, for like a horror movie because I was expecting it to be like another fake out where nothing was sure. in the fridge. And I was, I was like, oh, no, that's actually, oh, <laughs> that is way more yeah. over the top than I was expecting. Okay. And the, so the movie had me for a little bit. I was like, okay, I didn't feel like the, the last movie took many chances aside from killing Dewey, which was the dumbest thing right. in the world. That was the last possible thing they should have done, um, especially in the way that they executed it. But this movie, I was like, okay, fresh start. That's a fun way to go with this. Now I'm excited for to see the other choices that they make. And then they make a lot of the same choices they did in the last movie, and they have an even dumber twist at the end. And yeah, that's I, how I feel about it. My, I, I think the opening is, it is my favorite scene in the movie because Samara Weaving is great. Yeah, she I, is genuinely good in that. I yeah. love Samara Weaving. And she's so good at being the best part of movies I don't like, uh, like The Babysitter or Guns Akimbo. I can't, I can't wait for us to watch Snake Eyes and for her to be the best part of that. <laughs> Bill and Ted 3, um, <laughs> which is probably a movie I like, and I bet she'll be great. But she is, she's such a weird actor, like, and I mean this as a huge compliment. Like, she's so good in these, like, campy genre things, and she has this uh, just, like, weird energy. And on the, she's on, like, a blind date or a dating app mm-hmm. date or something. And she's on the phone with the guy and every time she, she'll keep saying like awkward things and then making a face like, Oh God, what am I doing? But it's never like the, it's never like yeah. the, the one you would expect. She's not like rolling her eyes at herself or going like, Oh my God, what Kate or whatever her name is. But she's making these like weird faces and reaction to herself that is so real. And she's just so charming and she's so talented. And she is the star of ready or not, which is the movie that, uh, the two directors, I can't remember the, all their names. Um, it was kind of their breakout hit. Um, and which also starred Henry Zerny, who's in two scenes of this movie. Um, and I, so the stunt casting in this both worked for me and that I was like, Oh, it's kind of like they got their buddy Samara who like helped kick off both of their careers when they made that movie. And that's kind of fun. And I think if I had liked the rest of the movie, it would be a Drew Barrymore thing where I'm like, oh, I really love this movie. And also Drew Barrymore's in the beginning. That's crazy. Yeah. But since I didn't like the movie, I was like, you took the best part and she's gone. Yeah. And the thing that really kind of bothered me is I was like, I wish Samara Weaving, I wish honestly it had been flipped and Lana Liberato or Deliberato was Quinn, the actress who played Quinn was in the opening scene and Samara was Quinn. Because if Samara Weaving got to give a crate, like picture Samara Weaving doing the Timothy Oliphant performance sure. in Scream 2, sure. she would yeah. just devastate it. She would be so much fun giving like a campy, I'm the villain crazed speech. And like putting Samara Weaving in that third act, I think would have elevated it so much, at least for me. And I, I also thought it would have been in the, because I wondered if they, if the twist on it was going to be that the the stunt casting at the beginning kills the killer and escapes and doesn't die. But I was like, well, but they did that in the last movie with Ortega. She doesn't kill the killer, but she escapes. Right. Um, I, and I, I also really thought that it was going to be like, I thought it was actually setting up that she was on the phone with her date and her date actually gets killed. (laughs) Yes. And then like, 
she's in a dark alley, empty alley, and then her date gets killed, and like that was yeah, and that kind of pulls her into yeah, the go go some some path along that way. Um, I think ultimately, I'm I'm fine with how it plays out. It is very on the nose, regular standard scream for a little while, yeah. and again, these movies. The stabbings continue to just be uncomfortable. They're not like I don't I don't well, know. There, there's no way that the characters could survive them. Well, I yes, think that's one thing. It that's that's one thing that because people get like eviscerate, like somebody gets a, a a blade or a knife stuck into their stomach, and then like just their insides get like yeah. ripped and, out. and, and like. Pulled up as well. Yes. Yeah, and it's like no, the characters would not. And then they proceed to just run around, and like five minutes later, half the time, like the characters fine. Yes. That was so much more distracting but, in this than any of the previous. But films. just like they're all the stabbing, and I complained about this in the last time. How th- this one has some more tricks up its sleeve in terms of how characters are killed, um, and kind of like setting up interesting murders and stuff like that, um. But it is still like a lot of the time when when someone's getting stabbed, they're just like getting stabbed, and then like it, it's almost like the Michael Myers thing of like trying to drag you know stick somebody to a wall yeah. with a knife. Like it it the the big the worst one is still Dylan Minnette in the last one, yes, where he gets yeah. like stabbed in the throat, and then like just it kind of we just watch it for a little while i don't know like it's very uncomfortable somebody gets it in their mouth or how does henry zerny get it in this is it his is it him in the mouth <sighs> that might be right no i can't remember because because i think um henry zerny's was uncomfortable i know that yeah because the uh yeah one of the killers at the end um melissa barrera sticks him in the mouth i think that's oh right. that's it yeah yeah um but yeah, yeah the, there's there's a it, it continues to just make me uncomfortable and be like is this do, do, do the directors really like this yeah. like what where does why does this keep coming up um so that made me a little uncomfortable it's just like sometimes the violence in these is, is a little bit the violence in these two is is just too like they don't really know what to do to make it interesting so that it's just kind of like overly upsetting or yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not even I, like necessarily super gory or bloody. It's just like, oh, this is right. Like, I don't like that. I will <laughs> say there are stop. two two of the things I did like in this movie are both in this where I liked the killer um, who apparently Roger Jackson, who's the voice, uh, like the scream voice. I think apparently he's Mojo Jojo. Yeah, I could be wrong here, but that's amazing if so. Um, but he says. Because the whole time Samara Weaving is on the date, not Samara from Mass Effect 2, although I keep almost thinking that's who it is. Samara Weaving keeps saying like, yeah, that's the bar with the red door. It's on the, yep, I'm looking at it. I don't see anything red. Uh, I don't know where it is. Then when he kills her, he goes, now I see something yeah. red. And I was like, that's pretty good. good. <laughs> I really liked when he kills Tony Revolori. Uh, Revolori says something about movies and the guy goes, who gives an F about movies? <laughs> and kills him in a title card and i was like all right that's good yeah. i liked i genuinely like that there's some i wrote one of my notes is that is the swearing written in italics or boldface in the script because every actor says it like all of the swearing in this movie except for that sounds like oh yeah they're going we're, we're going there <laughs> it's always like and this effer i'm doing some really messed up s like Everyone's just really yeah. leaning into it in a way that's like, all right, come on, guys. Um, 
Except for that. I thought that was funny. Who <laughs> gives an F about movies? <laughs> Good job. But yeah, I, I didn't I, I also did not feel like our new characters were effective at all. I think Quinn is the most memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the libidinous new roommate who ends up being one of the killers. I one I that performance feels like she got fired from the CW for improvising too much. Um, yeah, I think the again, this, this dialogue, this is not the actress yeah. overwritten. Just kind of like I the, get it, make it with the jokes, and there were joke on joke on joke. The I movie, and I, I wrote down a few specific lines that I caught here and there, where I was just like, "That's it's so like <laughs> not how people so talk." <laughs> it's yeah, so much of that, and not in the like elevated fun way of writing, but in the like it's, this, I can't buy S- this. Sorkin. It is not, uh. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, all that was a lot, and uh. The curly-headed boy, who is also one of the killers, is nothing. <laughs> he is, and he is his introduction in the movie is not. He's he and uh, Mason Gooding are talking at the party, and Ethan is like wearing like a headdress or a mask or something, so you can't even really see him. And then later, I just had to figure out through context clues that he's in the movie, <laughs> or that he's now a new like character we're supposed sure. to care about. Um, uh, the hot neighbor from across the hall who i guess dies josh, no he does josh, not die josh cigar yeah he does from not die. everyone's favorite show she hulk he is yes um, he does not that's die. where he's from he does not yeah. die i oh, actually that's, was very oh, that's convinced. why every time i i saw him i had a look of contempt on my face <laughs> sure every i i actually um appreciate that he d- is not one of the killers nor does he i die. guess uh, I, I, I completely uh, agree. I immediately was like, oh, oh, he's going to be the killer. Oh, my gosh, yeah, they're go. doing it again. Like, it just, like, immediately yeah. felt like that. And that's not what they do. And I appreciated that. No, I and I, I liked him fine. Uh, Dermot Mulroney, yeah. I literally, I had to check if he was a re- if he was a returning character. Because that's just, as an actor, he feels like he should have been in Scream already. Yes. Because I'm like, yeah, he would have been in Scream 1 or 2, right? Yes. No. Uh, he, <laughs> he hasn't been. I know him only from New Girl. He is a Russell, sure. uh, yeah. who is uh, an older man that um, Zoe Deschanel dates, uh, and uh, I quite like him. <laughs> I, I think do he's too. fun. I, I, I do think too. he's and one I of the like... few people who like. There's definitely still some stuff that. Well, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll have to go through my notes as we're talking about this because he yeah. was one that I was really like. Why are you writing him this way? And then the ending actually makes some stuff click for me that I was like, okay, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and he is I really quite, going for it yeah, when he's, I find him again, to be a lot of fun. Now there's three killers. And he is like really leaning into it and really going for it in a way that I was like, this isn't quite, not sure. quite your tempo, but you're really going for it and you're a good actor and I respect yeah. it. So like, good, good job, Dermot. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, otherwise I, I like him and I think that's all the new people. Oh, Annika. Uh, Mindy's girlfriend, who actually may have my favorite death in the movie, because really? it was like, it was like until dawn. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh, you didn't, you didn't, you know, do the the quick time event long enough so she fell off the ladder and banged her head it's, on the dumpster. Like the, uh, the Spider Man, uh, the old Spider Man game where if you missed a quick sure. time event, you would smack into a wall. <laughs> and it was kind of, and I know that I've never been in that scenario, but they kept being like, you have to move, you have to go, you have yeah. to move, come on, and she just wasn't moving. And I know, like, if I were in that situation, I'd be paralyzed with fear. 
she also know. has like her entire stomach split open and it's right. just like what? Well, watching the movie i'm like just move <laughs> well that's that's why i i didn't buy her moving at all oh. <laughs> i'm like no she would either be in shock or she'd be bleeding out on the ground this makes no sense yes to and to to clarify for the listener at home because we've we really didn't this movie's just pulled us right along i think into the into the thick of it but um this is a scene where after being sh- stabbed uh she is trying to climb along a ladder between like over an alleyway between two apartments because uh hot neighbor boy he he sees through the window which i do like that i like that he sees uh yes. the killer through the window the and then he's yeah. like oh and freaking out and trying to get their attention and then he gets his ladder out which he just has a very tall ladder for some reason but we're gonna roll with that um and so he he sets that out across and um sam and mindy climb over and then and uh, uh Annika tries to... i think tara oh no tara got to the bottom with yeah, chad. Chad. yeah yeah yeah, it's different yeah. Um, and she does get to the bottom with chad because because romance core yeah. four yeah, I, I, and, and I know that this is I know that this is only because of the actors' heights, but I keep thinking that Jenna Ortega's character is like sixteen, and Mason Goody's character is like twenty five. Yes. and so when they were romance, I was like, "That's this is not acceptable." And I went, "No, she's no, they're all age appropriate." It's, yeah, exactly. Like this is age appropriate. It's fine. Sam is the older one. <laughs> like that's how this. But I keep thinking of like Sam and Mindy and uh, Chad all being. The, the same like they're all peers and then tara is the tag along and it's the other way around that sam right. is the tag along. right but anyway um, um but i was gonna say so in that scene mindy is climbing along the ladder and then uh the killer comes up and puts his knife down uh, and then starts shaking shaking the ladder uh, and going back and forth and then eventually just flips it and she falls off and smashes her head in on a garbage dump disposal Whatchamacallit? There's a word for Dumpster. it. Dumpster. There we go. <laughs> and, and they never talk about her and again. she does basically get dropped from the movie uh, in, in terms of like anyone caring about her at all, uh, including Mindy, who was her girlfriend. Uh, and that's... I have a note about that. that, that well, we can probably talk about it a little bit more because there's some parts of the movie that I think fall in the same trap. Uh but I actually, my reaction to it was very similar to the babysitter from Jurassic World. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. Because they, they're like screaming at each other, like, I don't want to die. And like, yeah. I love you. Yes. Like, it's it's very like harrowing in a way that doesn't, I don't think any of the other deaths in the movie really match up. Um, and it's just like, it's very like, we we've known this character for like half an hour and she's getting horribly horribly murdered in like a very uh, like helpless upsetting way yeah i i agree i think that was the first one where when she got stabbed in the stomach in particular yep. i was like oh we're, we're already going too far guys yeah please no and i guess when i say favorite i don't mean that i was like cheering but more yeah. that i was like oh that's that is different from sure. that as is, a set is a, piece yeah as a set it piece. is an overly yeah. violent murder prank but i it, it does count it does count and i can't discount that for it um, I, I, I do uh, have to ask: Has a screen killer used firearms in these movies before? Surely, at some point, one of them has shot a gun, like a pistol. Uh, yeah, 
Because there's I a think part they of... have, but not okay. maybe not when they're wearing the mask. Yeah, right. I feel because... like it's always in the third act after they've revealed themselves. Like Scream right, Two, right, right. there's definitely firearms in that yes, final fight. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, they're, so they're because there's a part where they go into a convenience store and a guy who yes. looks like a Pawn Stars gets killed, and they when he gets killed. They play the canned oh crowd gasp that you hear in sitcoms and stuff, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I noticed, I noticed that one, and there's also a couple of ca- canned um like door opening sound effects. Mm. Interesting. That are kind of yeah. throughout the but movie. But that that yeah. crowd reaction, I was like, wow, really? <laughs> but then the the ghost this ghost face killer picks up a shotgun, and I was like, is this the town? Are we watching the town now? I would have been happy if I was watching the town. Alex yeah. loves the town. I love The Town. It's a good movie. I'm going to go watch The Town now. Guys, bye. <laughs> yeah. Take over But, but yeah, that, that one was felt a little bit, um, felt a little weird. I, um, I do want to move on to the last cast member we haven't really mentioned because uh, the, this, this is a good segue because in my uh, yes. notes, uh, that, that part where Ghostface Killer goes and uh, immediately just like stabs a guy after chasing, I I don't remember if he, I guess he tries to swipe at Sam and Tara and they run into a convenience store and then he, he busts in yeah. and then he just immediately stabs a dude when there's like yeah. six other people in the room. And I was like, that's we're just we're just doing that. <laughs> OK, right. like we're not you know, he's not there's no st- stealth killing anymore. Um, well, then also the rest of the scene's just stupid because Sam and Tara are defenseless and like hiding around a corner. And yet Ghostface is like, now I'm going to walk slowly because I don't know what they're going to do. And I'm like, you have a shotgun. Yeah, well, because he... The second you see them, you can blow them apart. That's kind of the purpose of a shotgun. I think anime influence on the film. I think I... (laughs) Yes. yes. Michael B. Jordan took over for that day, and he's like, what if we had a black void, though? (laughs) Um, Because I I think I also put in in my notes that uh, Ghostface Killer is just Michael Myers now, because that's basically what that scene feels like. He's murdering people in broad daylight, and then he gets shot at with a shotgun and then disappears, and he's fine. Uh, when they go to look for him on the ground, um, kills the shopkeeper and gets the shotgun and is going after them, or whatever. And it's all just, and it's like it. This hit, this is half an hour in. Like it's so quick, and yeah. it's not like the oh, here's the scary first encounter with Ghostface, this new Ghostface who's deadlier than ever. It's like just completely over the top, like basically an action scene, um, or like a, a thriller scene, more so than a horror scene. It, it just like really ratchets it up quickly um but then my next my next uh note is that the movie totally brought me back in because of uh special agent kirby reed <laughs> i thought that was <laughs> i was immediately like okay all right all right when uh hayden pentier comes back from scream four uh how don't don't worry about it <laughs> she it, it was pretty clear that she died in that she one. says she died for four minutes Look, if we're yeah. playing by the rules of this movie and with with the amount of damage that people could take, sure, yeah, <laughs> then I buy it. Yeah, but if we're going back to the rules of Scream Four, back when a real filmmaker made this, these movies, this movie really is uh, starting to try to take the Scream franchise into Fast and Furious territory. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. in many ways, and we sure. can maybe talk about that more. Well, well, but one, one note that I wrote is: Has Hayden Pen- is Hayden Panettiere keeping a consistent performance? Or has she just not improved? The second one. 
I don't know because she's not she's not terrible <laughs> she, in the movie. No, it, it's yeah, it's just not like it, it. For me, it is just very fun that she is back. Yes, um, and obviously, yes. Uh, <laughs> I am I am biased because uh, of heroes is <laughs> mainly where oh, that's sure. coming from. Yeah. Um, but it is very, I think it is very fun to have her in the movie being being an FBI agent person. I think that is a thing that brought me joy uh, in a very Twin Peaks sort of way. I'm happy that they didn't turn her into one of the killers. Right. Cause that, yes. Like, it, it got to the point where they were telegraphing that so hard. Mm. Or I'm like, okay, I feel like you're coming back around the other way where she is going to be one of the killers. Yeah. yeah. Like, it wasn't just a red herring, but it ended up being not as bad. Yeah. I don't know. No, I... I, I almost feel that that... And, now that I think about it, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of in between my feelings on this. Like, I, 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 on the one hand, I'm like, I'm glad they didn't do that. But on the other hand, maybe, maybe that would have been more interesting than what they did. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I feel like definitely I was, as they were kind of setting up, there's like one ominous shot they have of her. And then they have the, um, they have Dermot uh, call uh, Sam or whoever and is like, um, she, she she's not FBI the call is coming from inside the house and they all have to freak out and figure out what's going on um, and so for a moment it's very much trying to get you to think that that's what's happening and then they that's a red herring I like that I think that uh, is a good way of playing that because I really thought the movie was just going to do that and I was like that's you know waiting for I would say that for a lot of the I don't know if it's like second half or maybe like I guess the movie's about two hours. I was going to say the last hour, but that's about second half of the movie. For a lot of that, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, for me to be like, oh, there's the thing that I hated in the fifth movie and you did it again. Um, and it never quite did that for me. It never quite fell off the deep end in a way I was expecting. And I thought that was going to be the moment where I was like, oh, come on. But no, yeah. they they turn around. She doesn't get killed off horribly. Uh, I... Uh, Good, good, good return cameo. Fine with that. <laughs> well, I guess if you couldn't get enough Campbell back. Yeah. Yeah. How? So, okay. <laughs> All the scenes Thoughts. where Courtney Cox comes in and she's... Yes. Also, uh, Kirby has a more sort of cinematic hero's intro than Gail does. He just sort of appears, like yeah. wanders into frame. We're like, she, she's been here before. Yeah, there's <laughs> Gail. Six we get it. times, whatever. What? Remind me, is Gail back to doing just like normal news reporting Apparently. in the last film? No, no, she had a book out. She's an author. Yeah, it seems like she. Oh, Gail's just back to doing her normal thing, and I'm like, I was she still yeah. doing that? Well, Gail feels like the opposite of Nev Campbell, where they only got Courtney Cox because they could. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I feel like. Gail says, keeps like, Sydney sends her love. She's getting the kids somewhere safe. And I was yes. like, this is the dumbest, like, write-off it's, thing. It's such a, it's so, I, I want to sit on this for a second, because this is, I think, a very good example of the movie, the way the movie writes all the characters yeah. and, like, handles exposition. Um, She shows up. There is, like, a confrontation. She apparently wrote a book disparaging yeah. Sam. Like, she's done the same thing to her that she did to Sydney. And like it's an, but like this is so much more like it feels so and much Sam, more wrong. Sam says like point blank, you specifically said you yes. would not do that and right. proceeded to do it anyway. Yeah. Like they they basically say in the dialogue like why would you do that? That's terrible. And then they just do it like that's yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, and in the middle of this conversation, after uh, Sam Sam tries to punch her like 
Gail punches uh, the reporter who ends up being uh, the the mom. Oh, in the Laurie Metcalf. One. Am, am I right on that? Yeah, Laurie, Laurie Metcalf. Well, that, well Sydney punches? also punches Gail in the first movie. That's what I'm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, it's all. It's I. I forget about some of these. It. We watched them like at least two months ago, so that's too far. <laughs> <laughs> um. But but she dodges the punch and then Tara punches her. That's that's a good bit. I actually like yeah. that. Um. But then they in the middle of this conversation, they're they're walking away. Sam and Tara, Tara are walking away, and then she's like, "I heard from Sydney." And then yeah, she's like, Sydney, you know, she's getting the family away. She you know needs to, uh, to live her life. She deserves this. And then, uh, Sam is like, we agree on that. And then they just move on. Yeah, like, like I think she, she does, asks. Yeah, she Gail says she asks deserves, another question. Yeah, Gail's like, Sydney deserves her happy ending. And I and I wrote, well, her happy ending involving not being in this movie does seem fair to me. Right, but it's so it's such a like. <laughs> obvious lampshade yeah it does not relate to the the previous sentence in the conversation or the next right. sentence in the conversation it's just like hey here's the part where we're gonna address Cindy real quick back to the movie yeah uh, yeah it it is completely obvious like why that line is there it's it's ex- yeah. extremely clumsy also <laughs> as much as this movie is gail has a whole standoff with the killer yeah and he's narrating and going on and on i'll also say for me, a lot of the what started out as fun meta commentary in Scream One now just feels like at, at certain points this movie felt like unsubtle overwriting at yeah. times. I, I I will I will get into that. I yeah, have, I think yeah I have big beef, and I know that. And this is one of the and for mo- the majority of this franchise, I go. This is what it should be though. In other movies, I would complain about it, but in Scream, it works, and I feel like this one is not hitting that that threading that needle as as often it does sometimes but not as often but then he he stabs her and then later dermot mulroney is like well i've got to get to the hospital to make sure that mindy and gail don't pull through and i went oh so gail didn't die maybe we don't know at the end of the movie mindy is confirmed to still be alive we have no word on gail and that feels so silly and kind Hmm. of disrespectful to bring back one of the major characters i know they have all the stuff about legacy characters don't matter anymore and they can just die Okay, but if you're gonna kill Gail, let us know that she's dead, as opposed to this whole like, I did she die? Because then why would he? If she if she really did die, why would Moroni say the thing about I've got to get to the hospital to make sure she doesn't pull through? I think she. I think uh, Hayden Panettiere may may have a line about because okay. I want to say she says something like, "Yeah, Mindy and Gail are both gonna be fine. Mindy's on her way here now." Or something like that. Okay, maybe. I I think there's like a line. Yeah, uh, and even that feels a little too little. Yeah, and I'm yeah, okay because with... they give her a big set piece in the middle. Of yeah, the which feels weird for that big set piece. If that big set piece did result in her dying, dying, I may not like that Gail's gone, but I would at least understand the purpose of that set piece. But if that set piece ends with her living, but we don't get to see her at the end of the movie, that feels like well, then why did we do that? Like all of yeah. that just felt messy to me. And I, and I am, I understand and am okay with a franchise passing the baton. And we are, we are slowly removing char- legacy characters to give the new people more room. And I, yeah. even, and I don't like these new characters, but I understand for people who do, that's, that's part of the fun. And we were just talking about phasing Rocky out of the Creed movies and how those movies made it work a little bit better. Um, but in this one, it just, it, that just felt, 
weird <laughs> more than more than anything else. Um, I Gail dying wouldn't be as upsetting. I I don't think like that. If that set piece resulted in her just being dead for sure, I wouldn't be as upset as I was with Dewey dying in the previous one, where that just felt cruel. Right. Um, this would feel like why? All right, yeah. <laughs> like I don't well, want to they, do this, but also since they've already thrown Gail under the bus, yeah, with with kind of her actions between the movies, it's like well, you know, if she died, like. <laughs> partially her fault again well, <laughs> i don't know and that's the thing is gail yeah. is, is a character who has always been of questionable principle for these movies right. and that's part of why we find her interesting and that's part of her arc and then and i understand it are she and dewey good at the end of four i can't remember i think they're on good terms because obviously in five they're not because last jedi but i i i don't know like it all just is I, I just didn't like how five handled the legacy people. But I, I in this one it just feels like they're just writing Gale the like they're just writing the shape of Gale. They're not writing yeah. the character of Gale anymore. Yeah. Does not feel like yeah. a continuation of her. Yes. It feels like she's a reporter who'll do anything it takes. Yeah. The I will say I think that the fact that they don't kill her at the end of that scene is probably the point at which the movie kind of like kept me at bay enough to actually interface with the rest of it and like be like ah you know what this did not end i did not end as angry as i did in after uh, scream five because it stopped it stopped digging its own grave yes yes (laughs) because there that scene it's nice in some ways because gail is really proactive and like really doing Mm -hmm. things to like get ahead of the killer um she like immediately starts running she's like confident on the phone talking back to them and you know making sure that she's checking everything um she immediately runs to like a safe room and gets her gun and shoots at the door um but then i really thought they were going to kill her because she goes back out and does the does the thing that you you just the, the thing that is like a very cheap horror movie thing that frustrates everybody anytime you see it in a movie where it's like why why would you leave the room why, why right. would you you have a gun you're in a safe room just, you know, just you've called the police <laughs> like yeah hold up it's fine just like that um that that really bothered me although she does have a good moment where she like uh says like oh hold on a minute and hangs up on the killer and then calls yeah. them back so that their phone rings and then yeah she that was the closet that's a good bit that she she yeah. holds her own against it overall but there is definitely some very like horror movie character logic that we have to do to put them back in danger um and that's how we're depicting her actions uh the killer does berate her for how she treated dewey or how she never made up with dewey fair i'm glad glad we're addressing that at least um, and then they get into a big old fight. She does try to confirm the kill, uh, which is, you know, characters don't do that enough. She she tries to stab him in the head. I'm all right with that. K- killer gets her. You, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose sometimes, you know. Sure. Can't win them all. <laughs> um, but then at the end, where it's like, oh yeah, she's she's not dead yet. Um, that was enough for me to be like, okay, <laughs> like if they had if they had had her die after like being making some very silly decisions and you know that had been the like all right 
you thought we were going to kill her off, so we killed her off. <laughs> like, that I think that would have definitely lost me. Um, but then yeah. they don't, and I was like, all right, all right. Um, I don't know how how much we. I feel like we've jumped around a bunch just throughout the movie. I don't know where we want to focus, but we could just get right into like the overall revelation of the ending because I think that might be the obvious place to finish out talking about the structure of the movie and the big stuff. And then maybe we can get into more nitpicks and things. Um, I really didn't mind the murder family. (laughs) I think it's kind of fun that we do, uh, we do the like dad version of scream (laughs) Two. It is, it is going for the scream Two thing. Yeah. And the, and I, I actually genuinely was like, okay. When, um, when Quinn was one of the killers and I felt like that was a very obvious death early on. It was kind of annoying. Uh, I, I, I was happy. I was like, okay, cool. They I brought do, her back. There's a bit where Mindy runs through the, and sees the guy, uh, uh, Quinn had been sleeping with dead in the bathtub and she goes, yeah. ah, that guy's dead. And then yeah. runs back. that's pretty, I credit words do Mindy. That's a good bit. Yeah. Good, good joke. Yeah. Um, overall and and i think it's just like i was really i was really enjoying uh dermot's campiness at that moment um um, and i think they're there's a that's that's not a bad fight at the end when they're like going around trying to stab each other and it it goes on a little long but yeah but they're you know they're having fun brutally murdering murdering these killers i I think Uh, the the fly in the ointment the this otherwise beautiful precious ointment um (laughs) right is is ethan for me because he is such a non-entity that like i said with quinn even though she's she's quote killed pretty early she still makes an impression you know exactly who that character is she's memorable lover or hater you know who she is and moroni's been consistent throughout the movie and you're like the silver fox from the family stone um i can't take my eyes off him uh he's a good looking guy but then ethan is just such a like oh right that idiot like he's just kind of there not being Evan Peters. <laughs> and, right. Right. And, and there's just a lot of, like, I, I wish they had identified him a little bit more. Almost, his identity is almost that he is a non-entity, that he is the one yeah. who many keeps going like, you're a killer. It's you because you are. And then it turns out she's right. And that's fun. But also he, I feel like Oliphant had a little more, maybe it's just mm-hmm. because he's Timothy Oliphant. Maybe in 20 years, this guy will be a Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> and I'll be, but for Oliphant, I was like, oh man, that's great. So, it's definitely I think a it also more helped memorable performance from Oliphant. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. Well, well, I think it also helped that it was Scream 2, not Scream 6. We've, we've, we've done this rodeo yep. plenty of times. Yeah. I, I'm on the complete opposite. I thought this was the worst twist in any of the movies. Really? Um, Including Brother 3? 3 has the caveat. I'm okay with that. the director of the whole thing being the killer. The brother twist is 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 where it gets into stupid territory. But overall, I... I think it's mostly because all three of them I thought were stock, like, very generic character types... And so when, oh, it's, it's three of them now. And that's, uh, we have very bland characters. So we're just going to give you more ghost faces. (laughs) That's how we're going to sell it. I, I hated it. The phrase, the phrase murder family does do something for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I, I like, um, I, I didn't enjoy any of the performances. Um, 
even even if like I like all the actors are fine, but like did nothing for me. It yeah. brought nothing new to the table. It didn't didn't go quite over the top enough. Like so much of it. I mean, Britain, it's kind of like like what you were hinting at um, with the, the actress that plays Quinn. It feels like it's a step above CW, like mm-hmm. just half a step above CW. And I'm just, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's I, Joe West, Iris, and uh, Carlos Valdez or whatever from sure. Flash <laughs> sure. decided to kill a bunch of people. But like, I, I just, I, I feel like all the other movies and, and number five included took great pains to, to give the killer something extra. And this one just doesn't have it. <laughs> I don't know. I, for me, five definitely still takes the cake for worst one because of how badly that fits with the rest of the movie. Sure. Like the sure. movie does not actually agree with its twist where this is yeah. like this, this I think was satisfying to me a, because I, I latched on to Mulroney early on. And then, uh, also the fact that I was like, well, that would explain it. That, that'll work. <laughs> but none of these killers told it a bunch of teens to get out of a house. You can't. Sure. You, you, that's that's <laughs> what I need from new screen movies is get it. Right. T- have someone tell teens to get out of a house. Then I'm yeah. then I'm happy. Maybe that was why uh, in five they're having a college party, college type, <laughs> college type Pokemon, a college type party <laughs> at a at a house, and Jack Quaid stops it. Maybe that's why I like that so much. Yes, yes. A college-type Pokemon, yeah, by the way, would be Mr. Mime. <laughs> Mime. Yeah, it just... That that whole twist did not bring anything new to the table for me. It felt like, oh, so this is just a lesser twist. Like, a lesser version of the Scream 2 twist. Okay. Sure. Got anything else, movie? And then it didn't. I did kind <laughs> of like the museum. And I liked the different weathering on the masks. I liked the... I don't know. I kind of like that as an idea. And I can totally see how a longtime Scream fan would like seeing, would get that nostalgia hit of like, oh, that's the the shirt that Randy had. And that's the TV that killed Stu. And that's the, and they'd reference that like, oh, you know, Stu didn't actually die. Oh, that's just a rumor or whatever. Like, I kind of liked that, that stuff almost more in the way that I went. I can see how someone else would like this and it doesn't bother me enough <laughs> not to like it myself. But like the, but there's some there are some nice images in this movie and there are some very haunting shots of all the um da, mannequins wearing the yep. various scream robes or the ghost face robes like that's fairly haunting there's a nice shot where i think it's after we think they kill Kirby or something or Mulroney something two of the killers turn and they both like shink their knives yep. that's a nice little synced up shot it's like, after like they ki- they really should have killed Chad that's it that's it uh and he does not die. Right. Chad, who did not die. Yeah. That, you remember when you thought Chad died at the end of the last movie? Yeah. I well had a hard time remembering. I hated it. <laughs> I had a hard time remembering who had, like, almost died in Scream 5. But Both ben Mindy and Chad second. almost die at the end of yeah. 5. <laughs> it was, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they should have brought back Dylan Minnette. <laughs> that would have been, okay, that would have been good. <laughs> he just has a <laughs> neck brace, that's it. <laughs> okay, as... As as a giant like meta middle finger aimed at me for my comments on our Scream Five episode, that would have been very good. Dumbass. I was Richie the whole time. <laughs> what? I mean, I almost feel like this movie because I, I I just thought it was for the most part stupid and pointless. I feel like if they had gone that extra mile, of like no, Stu is the killer and he is back. That actually would have been fantastic if they I, just brought him back. I I feel like. 
like you were saying, Tyler, like it feels like we're starting to verge into Fast and Furious territory where it's just like we'll do anything and everything. Don't they but reference if you're gonna Fast do and Furious at some point in this movie talking about fan favorites? Or am I thinking it's probably. Okay. Probably. I think you might be right. But but I feel like, okay, if you're willing to do anything and everything, do anything and everything. Actually fall, pull through with that promise. And it just, I, I don't know, it feels it feels restrained and kind of tired at the end. I, I could not care less about it. And there's a whole thing about Sam having to let go of Tara because yeah. screenwriting, she's, she's yeah. controlling or whatever. And it's bad. It's, it's just really um, bad and half baked. The, uh, the Billy Loomis hallucinations continue to be a thing, but not really be that important. Well, it's yeah. the same exact thing. It, it's the same yeah. thing that happened in the last movie where she sees Billy and Billy's like, hey, you should kill the killers. And then she does. Yeah. And then it's like, is she going to be the killer the next time? I It's the, it's the same ending. I continue right. to not. I don't like the hallucinations, but I like Skeet. I like Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> Would be, what would be funny so is if he, he was doing a hallucination and heard, hey, let me get in on this. And then, like, <laughs> Stu, like, bumps him out of the hallucination. <laughs> hey, are you talking to your daughter? Hey, blah. Like, that would be awesome. Yes. I'm still mad that he stabbed me. <laughs> yes. Hey, man. Oh, God, I love Matthew Lillard. The, and the Loomis but thing, continu- I was just going to say real quick, the Loomis thing continues to bother me, knowing that they, they got that name as a reference to dr loomis from the halloween movies and now we've like established that in the lore here which is like i can't because of how we talked about the halloween movies i can't really take it seriously (laughs) like it's always on the back of my mind that he's saying like i stabbed her six times (laughs) (laughs) if if they legitimately brought back matthew lillard but especially because the whole idea of like the shrine and like collecting all the props and everything like i feel just looking at this as a series and trying to think of this as like, oh, it's a sequel that's referencing all this stuff and as especially how the kills are supposed to be staged. And it's like, oh, we're wearing like a specific costume to correspond with whichever kill is happening. Right. Because um, it's kind of working backwards, yeah. which didn't really make sense to me with who the killers actually are. I don't even know if they would care about that minutia. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you told me that Matthew Lillard wasn't in charge of the whole thing at the end, I'd be like, okay, that – everything clicks. Like, that makes complete sense to me now and why this movie is so stupid. I also – you can't – because of – by necessity, the ghost face costume looks the same every time. So you can't really differentiate aside from if to. they're wearing the really weathered mask versus a less weathered mask. You can't really be like, ah, that's got the cufflinks from 4 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that they, one's got the bow tie from, yeah. from two. That one's they, got a fez. To, That's the tenth doctor or whatever. They they have to tell us which <laughs> one it is every time. That is, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, they they really could. Like, at this point, in the same way that Fast and Furious is, is sort of about to bridge that gap, uh, if it's not already there, to, like, just superhero movies, like, they, they really could just jump jump the the shark right into, like, supernatural horror with this, like... At this point, why not? In <laughs> the next what, one, what you got yeah. <laughs> Melissa Barrera's eyes start gl- starts glowing and she levitates. Yeah. And just starts like vaporizing people like Dr. Manhattan. And then she has to be exercised by Russell Crowe. Now we have a movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, 
My boss of the Pope sent me to America. I, want, I need I need Russell Crowe Pope's Exorcist in a movie that I have not seen but certainly plan to um to get in a face off with zombie Matthew Lillard. I think that would be <laughs> a fantastic <laughs> film. Stu Marker. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Can I can I throw out Decor four, you say? <laughs> alternate pitch. James Gunn makes Scooby Doo three, and the Pope's Exorcist is in it. Yeah. Just like I'm going to help you, I... teens, stop it, a ghost. <laughs> like we're all forty five, man. <laughs> I think it would have been fun if Sarah Michelle Gellar came back, even though she died. If everyone can come back, get Sarah Michelle Gellar in one of these. Yeah, I mean, it really gets to that point though, where it's like death means nothing in this universe. We can yeah. bring anyone back. Get, Who cares? Get, get Dewey Kristen, could have shown back up. Get Kristen Bell as the actress who played her character who died in one of the stab movies. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's in it. Yeah. Uh, Tori Spelling, I think, is in it. it okay. Uh, let me circle back on on the big, like the the biting meta commentary yes. in in the movie, because uh, maybe like a, a third of the way through, they're trying to figure out. Okay, we we need to have the scene. We need the the Jamie Kennedy scene where right. where the character Mindy in this case explains like, here is the movie that we are in, and here are the rules. But her whole pitch is. It's a franchise now? Yeah. In the sixth movie? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about had, having nothing new to say. Their whole thing is like, oh, it's another sequel, so anything can happen, I guess. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I, it was the kind of thing where it's like, as she's saying it, I'm like, they're not, they're not going to do anything with this. Right. <laughs> like, it's not going to be like... The the biggest twist in this movie is that a lot of the characters actually end up surviving. And I don't hate yeah. that. I think that's sure. like a way to take it in a different direction. That's kind of like, you know what? Get, let, 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 let them have a win for once. Most of them survive. That's fine. But it is so much like all of the stuff they're saying. Like where, where the first like two or three screen movies are very like all the meta stuff that's coming from, from Randy is, you know, this is stuff that is pretty entrenched franchise stuff we're talking about like specific sequels and like he's really getting into like the the details and like you know being very specific and and pointed in what tends to happen in sequels because of the structure of like movie making and this is just like it's legacy characters what's gonna happen to him you already killed dewey i don't know (laughs) like well Especially because it doesn't connect well with the last movie on on the meta thematic level. Yeah. Because like the first the first three movies are are pretty straightforward. Where it's like okay, the first one's just like it's making fun of slasher movies and like horror movie tropes. Okay. And the second one like it builds on oh it's got to be bigger and and there's got to be more kills and like Jamie Kennedy's laying out that logic. And then the third one is like uh third movies are bad and nobody knows the key to making a good one and it's supposed to be like a wink wink nudge nudge. Yeah. Okay. And, and, but like you jump to to the fifth one and it's like oh the last jedi people were mad about that so commentary about that so the natural place that this one should go is oh this is our rise of skywalker this is gonna be terrible that would actually be very good. all of the characters from the previous screen movies show up to help at the end and babu frick is there 
If, if Matthew Matt... Lillard being the bad guy also makes this work. Some, somehow Stu came back again. Somehow Stu returned. It's right there. If they, yeah. if they actually just like said, hey, this movie's going to be really bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if they somehow worked that into like the sure. characters believe that, that would be very good. Well, Mindy I, I does. Think that is probably the actual way that they should have taken this. Before Mindy's fake out death, she says, "F this franchise," and that to me, f- I, I agreed with it. But I also felt like it was kind of <laughs> disrespectful in a way, because I was like, yes. "No, this in the last two movie maybe, but like now it just feels like you're spinning on the whole thing." I yes. I do get the general vibe from at least the filmmakers. I I can't tell if they actually like scream or not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I. I don't know. I, I think that... Oh, uh, the, the sequence I want to talk about is the subway sequence, which I, I I feel like it could have been executed better. I feel like the idea is, oh, we don't know, is that a person in a ghost face costume? Is that a ghost face killer? And there's all people dressed in little Easter egg, like someone's mm. the May Queen from Midsommar and someone's Gibby. I don't know. But everybody's got someone's Dylan Minnette. Someone's yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, there's uh, Popeye Doyle from the French Connection. There, everyone's here. All the great <laughs> characters. Uh, but I don't, I don't feel like that scene. I don't know. I feel like it kept kind of setting up, like, uh huh, and like the the scene was trying to figure out how to stage itself as it was going along, and there's a lot of cuts, and it just didn't really. And then they end up. I think Mindy ends up getting stabbed. But I was just like, yeah, this isn't paying off the way I think it. it ought to so, and I don't know how it should be different, but it's not. Cool. If we're not jumping the shark into like ghosts, sure. then I think, although Sam is having hallucinations. Yes. Whatever. Um, if we're not jumping, jumping to that, I think the way these movies feel and kind of the themes that these movies are tackling in terms of, like uh, characters being being affected by media that is made about them and like the right. internet this movie talks about in in a way that is actually not like super sure uh completely dumb it's like oh yeah the people you know have th- conspiracy theories about this real life person that she actually was the one who orchestrated all the murders the most recent murders in Woodsboro and all that stuff um if you're going to do that i almost feel like especially with the killer being the first killer in this movie being killed right away. I almost feel like you and, and how quickly we get to just open murder in the streets with, with the the next person who tries to kill them. Um, I almost feel like you just go full, like, I don't know. Uh, what's the, what's the one with the masks where everyone is like frightening the witch. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's, um, it's the it's the more recent like franchise that is i think already petered oh, out. Purge. Um, purge there we go i almost feel like you go in a direction like that where it's like all these people are trying to kill them and now it's it's not a you know one one orchestrated group it's it's a it's a a movement it's a community it's people who are trying i mean a, a little bit like a they do this a little bit in the the batman um with the riddler kind of assembles people from you know 
dark corners of the internet like or uh it's like it's like the john wick movies where uh you got somebody who yeah. puts a hit out on on our our protagonist and then like a bunch of just wackos yeah and, but like you could have like people in like different like uh, customized ghost face outfits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is a ghost like, face oh. with a gatling gun it- and yes. it's like, oh, this is this is the one with like a bunch of daisies on 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 the cape or whatever. Like like you could do something yeah. like just ridiculous. Yeah, like I I think uh, that's... basically I'm oh, saying like, like the Barbie this... meme. This ghost face is president. This ghost face. <laughs> yeah. This ghost but face like, has. <laughs> seriously, I, I I am legitimately at the point where I'm like, bring on the stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I have I have lost all respect but, for for where think... we are with this. And like, I think that like that. The subway scene that that kind of circled it back around that's where i feel like that could come in is that what if the train was just it was all ghost face sure. ghost face costumes yes. and they're just like uh, who yeah who, who's going to try to murder us if yeah. any of them like that i think i i liked that scene i think it's it the the concept is enough that it it worked for me even though the execution was pretty much like by the numbers, just like what you expect. It's like, all right, flickering lights and ghost yeah. faces coming closer. Oh, where'd he go? Oh no, stab. Um, <laughs> that's basically how it goes. Yeah. But I think that's a, that's a neat idea. And I think that's like, if you had it where they were just like, because if, if it's that, then it's like, well, who's working together. They might all cover up if, if they murder us on this train, like, you know, yeah. You could you could pull. I mean, obviously they've done like the first or the second scream where they uh, have the theater full of sure. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know you could harken back to that, and I think do something that's really scary and intimidating, and you know a little more interesting. Um, that is, I think, really that's what kind of this franchise seems to keep wanting to float around because it is based around a character who like basically people keep making stuff up about her and it's about like interaction with the media both like entertainment media and also news media now what's the difference that, these days Ugh. all right you know Boy. back in our day oh, man. um but like it is it 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 does constantly find itself touching on that stuff and that is how i think you have to drive into that if you want to do that meta idea is you explore that and like what would actually be the result of i mean this this universe is terrifying because we've had six uh murder massacres yeah uh that have all gotten movies made about them that are entertaining horror movies they're not they're not like you know true crime anything like that it's it's all they're all entertainment <laughs> like this is a really a really horrifying place to live and you could explore that you could explore what they're doing with the culture in this world and like get into that so much more and these right. continue to just sit so surface level and be like hey we're talking about the fact that this is a sequel that's neat right is that something did we do a thing it's so it, we we hit we hit like the maximum meta commentary i is it scream four that starts with the like one after the other yes. other after the other of the, the opening openings uh scenes of them getting murdered i feel like that's about as far 
as you can take the that flavor of meta commentary where you're just like aren't movies weird and aren't sequels silly yeah like you you gotta you gotta explore it a different way you gotta take a different angle on it to keep this interesting i i don't know no i agree um i i feel like the supernatural thing could work if much like in dragon ball z when gohan is about to fire a kamehameha i think at like if anything else at cell and then he's powering up and then the ghost of his father goku shows up behind him and adds his power to gohan's if sam was about to stab Dermot Mulroney, and then behind her, the ghost of Skeet Ulrich has his own knife, and then like superpowers her into Alex. Into stabbing. Yeah. Are you looking up Dragon Ball Z gifts? I was right going to say Alex? he's currently typing, so I can only assume he's looking for <laughs> cool Josh DBZ T-shirt from Dragon for <laughs> DBZ T-shirt in my area. <laughs> Josh Sagara, who plays uh, uh, Sam's boyfriend in this, yes. is. Th- one of the main bad guys in Arrow. So, like I said. Ah. And, and he's in one of the better seasons, so I feel comfortable with my critique of Step Above CW. <laughs> he, was, he was good on She-Hulk, but... <laughs> we won't get into She-Hulk. Sure. No, no um, it's too Also, good. talking about the meta thing, Gail, Gail does good say... Good is flexible, Britain. <laughs> Gail, Gail does say that uh, it's all about true crime lim- limited series now. Yes. When when they're talking about like why didn't you make a movie deal or something? Right, right, right. Um, I that 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 would have been that would have been a, that joke would have killed ten years ago. <laughs> that would have been so good. <laughs> I just, just yeah, it's kind of like I remember Jenny Nicholson talking about Dear Evan Hansen and how Broadway humor is always a few years behind the rest mm-hmm. of the world humor, and it kind of feels <laughs> like that. Yes. Yeah. Man, I wish Buster Rhymes was in a Scream movie. Remind me, did Scream 5 come out in 2022? Yeah, a year ago. I mean, that might be the problem. Spider-Verse in it. It, it could, I mean, it could, it, I mean, it could be like, oh, the first one was successful and then they rushed this one out the door. Yeah, yeah good thing. Um, I, I believe they did the same thing with Scream 1 to Scream 2. True. But also, so the I, movie I, being I, bad I trust is the, sort of meta-commentary. <laughs> I, I trust the talent involved with both yes. of those movies a right. lot more. Yep. Um, yeah, also, I, as we I, established, Scream Five is terrible. So it, it may it may be fairly obvious, but I, I miss Wes Craven. He, he he had the magic touch on this, and it's just sure. it's sorely lacking. Not not just like Nev Campbell missing and, and Dewey right. not being dead. Like Wes Craven is the reason this works. There is a nice joke where the Ghostface Killer is like, "Gail, why were you even in the movie? Sydney was the hero." And- Dewey was the yeah. fan favorite. She's like, I don't know, whatever in sex appeal. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Also, Nev Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like, you're not wrong. She's Cody always Cox. had a good rivalry with Sydney and True. Oh, true. Like, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> um And I turned to everyone else. Right there. Oh, wait, no, she's not. Because oh. they they wouldn't pay her enough. Right. Uh can I get into the segment of the podcast where I just name off some lines that bother me? Yeah. Um in the first scene with Quinn, or one of the early scenes with Quinn, she's talking with Tara, uh, and she's like, "Yeah, my uh, my my brother died, and it was really sad. My father moved uh, all the way to New York to join the NYPD. Uh, so I, you know, isn't isn't that crazy? Stalker much?" And 
It was like, again, you put that line in the movie because you want to set up that her father is in the NYPD and yeah, and that Tara knows about it and that it's going to come up. Like, it's so on the nose, just like drive it in with a hammer to make sure there that are, we get the information into the script. There are a lot of reasons we need to watch Big Trouble in Little China, not the least of which is Kate Burton's character has a lot of lines like that very on the nose like i'm gonna tell you Mm. everything and what but it's so funny and so intentional that does sound very up my alley it's very good but go on um but yeah like i i saw it i was like oh gee i wonder when that like i was thinking oh he you know he's gonna show up in the end or like you know there'll there'll be some moment where he saves them um they'll be like quinn's dad oh my gosh no it it the literally the next scene is uh Tara being like, "Hey, your dad's in the police. Call nine one one or whatever." Like it's, <laughs> it's so just like nine one one. What's your emergency? Get my dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, that, uh, extension D A D. That was that was the first moment I realized maybe this the script could have used <laughs> a little more polish. Yeah. Um, there's there's a line where Ethan is complaining that he has an alibi. For something, and he's like, "I had econ," <laughs> um, and so for you know he says that, and he's like, "Yeah, I was an econ first, yeah." And then I think Mindy's like, "We don't trust you," and then he's like, "I had econ," and it's it's not a joke line. It's like he he's explaining why yeah. he's frustrated that they don't believe him, but he's still calling it like. Y- <laughs> It's it's the repetition and the fact that it's like, oh, econ, that's, you know, that is how a college kid would say they were in an economics class. But right. then, like, the repetition of that and using that as, like, that shorthand twice and said, you know, I, if he was questioned again, you'd be like, I told you I was in class. Like, right. it's it's the, the it's so stilted in the sure. way it comes across. And that's just so many lines in this movie, like, feel that way where they're just, there's another one where, um, Sam is talking with uh, her, her therapist who is like, you're not opening up to me. And then she she tells him like, oh, well, there's this traumatic thing. I was in Woodsboro. You know, I like this. This guy tried to kill me and my sister and we barely survived. Uh, and then he's like, well, how did you or how did you stop him? She's like, I stabbed him 22 times and shot him in the head. That's that's the actual quote. Yeah. And it's like, what? What? <laughs> why would you say it that way why would you not be like i had to kill him like i or you know i shot him like why would you mention that you stabbed him 22 times why is that relevant information that you would freely be be happy sharing with a man who you don't trust in the writer's room on the brainstorming board under funny words the number the number 22 and the word econ were circled twice each (laughs) it's just like i don't it that's not how someone would explain that situation to a therapist (laughs) and i know these movies are like tongue-in-cheek a lot of the time but the one of the serious plot lines in this movie is that sam is being sort of framed and her character is being disrespected and like she's you know trying to be the the killers are trying to make her look bad and the internet is running with it. And that is a thing that is really impacting her. And they have like a couple of serious conversations about it. <laughs> it's like, you're not helping your case here. What's this? about? I do like that. After that, Henry's Ernie's like who they over his beard, by the way. 
Um, he's like, I, I no, I can't do that. I, no way. I'm not helping you. Get out of here. <laughs> My crazy daughter on Reputation or Revenge, I think was the show. I don't even really remember what happened to that, but he was on it. There you go. Does Sam end up getting vindicated at the end? Is there anything like uh, her name is like officially cleared yeah. and like the conspiracy theorists will leave her alone? It went the way any... of Gail's health. We don't know. Yeah. No, but like, is that purely just set up? Yes. Is that to to give you some context? Because oh. <sighs> a, a movie has to happen, I guess. Yeah, and I I kind of kept waiting for that to come up at some point towards the end. Because the, the killers don't really mention it at all, right? They they say they're trying to frame her at one point, or they they say early on that they're going to make her, you know, drag her name through the mud before they kill her or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, they don't. I kept waiting for that to be part of their like plot. At the end, was like they were going to somehow, you know, make it look like she had done a murder or whatever. Um, and then she does horribly murder, uh, Dermot Mulroney, John Mulaney, and uh. <laughs> <laughs> then like that doesn't really she she Still likes the net yeah she stabs him a bunch of times and then stabs him through the eye and that doesn't really like it's just like oh yeah that happened self-defense it's fine i mean it's, it's not not that it wasn't you know justified in some way but it is like i i was waiting for there to be so i was waiting for the uh the the far from home moment uh where at the end of that uh mysterio frames spider-man for his death you know and reveals his identity i was waiting for that i was waiting for like oh no big end credits or big big yeah. cliffhanger you know it looks like she killed them all like they got footage of it and they got footage of him begging for his life i i thought they were going to try and do something there and that maybe they would foil it but no they just they, they do really just drop that at that point um and they kind of are and then it is weird because then they're also like oh yeah we know you didn't do it or we we know you didn't do all the murders, but you killed our our son or brother, and it is it, it is just like disconnected. I mean, I really feel like both halves of this movie don't they don't really click. <laughs> there's not yeah. there's not a whole lot of overlap there. Well, just looking ahead, like is it is the arc supposed to be that Sam turns into a ghost face killer at some point? Because whenever that happens, it's going to be so terrible. Yes. And it's right. climactic, yeah. Is, are they doing another one? Do we know? Is that? I would assume so. I, yeah. I mean, uh, both of, both of these have made money. Yeah, I don't know if they announced it yet. I don't think so. No, it hasn't been confirmed. Cool. Yeah, I I honestly was not expecting to to turn on the franchise the way that I have because I I held out for a good long while yeah. and I I I liked the fifth one the most of the three of us I mean I, I didn't love it um but this one I just it it felt so tired sure after aside from the opening where I was like okay we got you got something there can you keep it going and then they don't um are we ready to get into grades hold on. I got more quotes. Uh, you have more quotes? <laughs> oh, please uh, continue. I, I apologize for interrupting. <laughs> this movie does have someone saying to Ethan, uh, try to keep up when he's confused about Mindy's meta commentary. Yeah. Again, we don't. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> just, just again, she's just being mean. 
<laughs> or like me. No, I think I think uh, Annika says it to him or some someone, oh. but like more like Minika. Yeah, but like it. <laughs> it should, what, the dialogue is again. This is a twenty-year-old dialogue. Get, get, to, to say something different and realize hey, that characters a, will understand twenty-year-old dialogue. Re, realize that characters will understand the basics of film in this day and age. Like they they will know generally what's going on with a lot of movies and well not. he's supposed to be playing stupid right i guess but it's still it's just annoying oh yeah no yeah i, uh, I won't argue with you there there there's a there's a point where uh i i forget i gail i think finds or learns about the 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 layer with all the scream stuff and tells them about it and as she's leading them there she says the the killers that we found dead were were two little atlanta rich boys yeah that's a phrase that's a that's <laughs> yeah. a way to say something like what it, it really i mean i'm i'm almost certain the way they they stuck that in because they're trying to be like oh maybe they were maybe they like i think i think uh dermot character says something to kirby about like why didn't you know about these guys or something like that and like obviously we set up a little bit that maybe she's the killer um but it's so awkward it's so like we have to f- force in something that might make you think about this for a yeah. little bit and, and why atlanta red herring. yeah well because kirby is from atlanta and so i think okay. that's my assumption is that's why they're like yeah sticking that in there but it's still just like well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then uh there there is a line where uh we it's it doesn't make any sense whether or not you think of it from like the current part of the movie versus the uh like him uh playing along but moroni uh tells the the teens you've all been through so much in this very like flat line immediately (laughs) like two scenes after his daughter was horribly murdered I was like, y- y- your daughter just died. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, sell it. Sell it. I, I know you're. I know you're acting. Even the character is acting. Yeah. I don't sell like. It. It's just weird. I don't. Yeah. You, you've landed in the middle somewhere. Um. N- Mindy does say if this when they find the theater like halfway through the movie, she's like, if this were a normal stab movie, this would be the killer's lair. It's like, yeah, we, yes, we get it. <laughs> we get that's what you were doing. Very smart. Very clever. You did not. You did not have to say. You did not have to that's say like, anything. That's like it. if Tom Holland shot a web, and he was like, "If this is a Spider-Man movie, I'd be a Spider-Man right now." Yes. Uh, uh, are we sure he didn't say that? Hey, he said something about Spider Tingle. Peter Probably. Tingle. Um, say this. Oh, that's even worse. Mindy, I just have a note that Mindy really does completely forget about Annika. Uh, like within a scene, uh, she is just like her normal self. You know, it'd be great if they had turned that into a meta commentary about how the side characters in horror movies always get forgotten. And if somebody brought her up, like just mentioned Annika in the the third act, and she's like, who? (laughs) Yes. That could have been something. In the good good movie of this that embraces uh, fake being bad. Uh, (laughs) That is, I think, what they should have done. Yeah. Yeah. and like then, just, just actually like full on embrace the fact that all of your new characters are 
either boring or very dislikable and sure. like lean into that. Yeah. Um, my only other note that we haven't covered is that this movie sets up uh, Mindy, Mindy says like, there's going to be shooting. There's going to be stabs. There's going to be beheadings. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, Oh, I like a beheading. I'll, <laughs> I'll watch a beheading. And then uh, they, they cut off a mannequin head in the yeah. third act. And Chad's like beheadings. And that's all they do. She doesn't, she doesn't behead Dermot Mor- Moroni after she stabs him a million times. It's not, they don't behead Chad. Disgraceful. <laughs> this movie has nothing on Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I mean, does any movie really? No. I. <laughs> I know I gave Scream Five an F minus. I believe. I think I went. Yes, you did. I went a little harsh there, and I stand by that. But. Um, <laughs> I think Would I'm you at like a, for us to give our takes? I, I think I can. I think I can lock it in. I think I'm at a okay. D plus for this. Okay. I think that's where I'm sitting. What did I do the last? I one? am. Oh, sorry. What did I do for the last one? Building the tension here, jumping back and forth. We don't know who's gray and what. With you know. See, the problem is I've written "scream" f- <laughs> twice. Sure. Let me make sure I'm looking at the right one. It'll be, it'll be the lower of the two for me. I, I, I gave five cream a C. Tyler gave it an F minus, as everyone's aware. And Britain, you gave it a D. Okay. <laughs> Britain just made a face sort of like he had seen the ghost face killing. <laughs> I'm going to give it a D. Um, this is my least favorite of all of them. I'm tired. I'm bored. I don't want any more unless you are going to bring back stew and make it full stupid. This movie ha- does have things that, that work about it. I recognize how much of my own subjective gut I'm bringing to it. And so I don't want to go full F because this is not Halloween Rob Zombie. This is not uh, the other ones I did an F for. Um, but at the same time, that would be really good if you did. But at the same time, really, if it. But at the same time, <laughs> this movie made me feel bad about movies. It made me feel bad about <laughs> franchises. It made me feel bad about Gen Z. It made me feel bad about the dystopia. I'm giving it a D minus. There you go. Oh, I know. I because I I recognize how much of that is my own bias, and we're always bringing our own bias. Objectivity is not real, um, but we. I recognize there are probably things in here that work a little bit better. And I was just so turned off by my own uh, stuff that I can't, I, I can't go full F and I didn't, even the things I feel strongly about, I very well may cool on in a year or may go nah F and the other one. How is the other one out of D minus anyway? Um, <laughs> I guess I like Jack Quaid yelling at teens. Yeah. Anyway, it's over. Neff Campbell and, was in it. Yeah, that's true. And we'll never have problems again. Anybody have uh, movies to recommend? More shows or books or candies or looks? Uh, Tyler Kit and Kits? I were, were on a, a trip recently where we we found ourselves late at night watching the last 45 minutes of Transformers Dark of the Moon. <laughs> you found yourselves. Which is 
the, crazy the best happens. part of that movie. So there's that. And then we jumped over to the last hour or so of Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Sure. So. Okay. I, I like I like those things. <laughs> That's all I got. Both, both of them? <laughs> In the same breath? <laughs> One's a modern uh, hallmark of action cinema. <laughs> I, uh, Mad Max. After returning from that trip, uh, I picked up a graphic novel that had been sitting on my shelf for a little bit after picking up due to Ray reviews. Then I um, set it and down and watched What a Girl Wants, starring Amanda Bynes. And I watched Scream 6 again to make sure I got it right. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I ended up reading the entire thing in one night uh, and staying up too late, but it was very good. Um, the Tyler, you read Kick-Ass 3? I'm impressed. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's called... I have to know how it ends! It's called Ultimatum. Uh, Marvel? No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a very bad Marvel comic. Um, <laughs> it is. It is called uh, "It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth" uh, by Zoe Thorogood, um, and it is a. <laughs> I I think the best way I can describe it is that it is sort of the sensibilities of inside. Bo Burnham's inside, um, but a, but more introspective, even like more more focused on. Uh, obviously, the title kind of evokes the. It's an autobiographical graphic novel, um, of the main character slash creator. Uh, she both writes and draws it. Basically, just like documenting her struggles with depression for six months. Uh, after she has already had a successful novel that I now feel like I need to go down uh, or go out and track down. But um, this was a kind of follow-up where she basically was like, I'm looking for an idea and I'm settling on this thing of like just exploring, you know, how I struggle with my my own thoughts. Uh, and I feel like, to circle back to my analogy that I then felt like I had to explain, uh, <laughs> I would combine inside and then the sort of artistic instinct of something like a Spider-Verse. Like, it's a really just incredible, like, variation and exploration of art. Uh, there's, she has, like, these different characters that represent kind of different aspects of her personality, but it's not the obvious, like, this person's my happy side and this person's my sad side mm -hmm. like it, it's not it's not that it's it's all j just these different kind of personas that she feels like she puts on sometimes um and they're all drawn in like different art styles they all have different ways of being shown um and there's just it's it's really brilliantly constructed in terms of how the art weaves into the themes and the idea there's laugh out loud moments uh there's stuff that's really dark and really vulnerable um and just very like authentic in the way that it's expressed it's it's very much cutting deep and like not holding back and talking about like the fact that she struggles with suicide um obviously and there's you know uh, kind of a trigger at the beginning explaining what the content of the book is uh which was good because it is dark um but it, it ultimately i i found it to be really powerful and really impactful and i am very happy i read it and picked it up 
So go check it out. She deserves more praise. That sounds like exactly something I would want to read. So I am immediately on my to read list right now. Yes. I'm very excited to check that out. Yes. And it's it's heavy. It's not like it's it's heavy because it really sits in those emotions. Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily events in it that are incredibly traumatic. Uh, but so in, in that way, it's like a an exploration that kind of takes you down into this this way of thinking without being totally like you know just like very difficult to read like it right. you know is not there to make you feel sad um really liked it really really liked it yeah that's awesome uh tyler you you, you let me lead with dark of the moon and mad yeah. max <laughs> <laughs> uh, i also recommend sh- the last 45 minutes of dark of the moon <laughs> <laughs> okay all right now we're back Especially when you get ten minute commercials in between, because (laughs) yeah, to catch your breath, to yeah, uh, to uh, to scoot back because you've been on the edge of your seat, right? right. Yeah, Cable is continuing to die, and it should. He's from the future. Of course, he's gonna die, (laughs) but not for a really long time. He's a cyborg. That's why he's getting all the new parts. I've not watched cable TV in in quite some time. But it felt like it was literally fifty percent of the time was commercials and fifty percent was the thing I was actually trying to it's watch. Rough. It's bad. Uh. <laughs> but hey, Shia LaBeouf was running around doing some parkour. He hit Patrick Dempsey and he was yelling Optimus a bunch, and then Optimus executed a man who was begging for his life, and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Similarly, I uh, am going <laughs> to recommend a movie that, rather the opposite of Scream 6, which I did not like because of how it made me feel. This is a movie that I, I appreciate kind of how it was made, but I'm mostly recommending it because of how it made me feel. And again, the opposite of Scream 6 I'm, is a movie called Living. Uh, this is a movie from last year directed by Oliver Hermanus. It is an English language remake of Akira Kurosawa's film Ikiru, which is beautiful and which I will recommend whenever I get around to rewatching it. Um, but it is basically the story of a London civil servant in the fifties, maybe, who receive who's just you know kind of awash in the like drudgery of day to day paper pushing work and uh, grief of his own, and then he receives a terminal diagnosis and decides to, you know, try to live his life a little more fully in a way that could feel like a very overly familiar, almost trite movie where it's like, I'm going to hit everything on the bucket list and I'm going to go nuts. And there's a scene that's kind of like that, but then it, it goes away from that and becomes more about how he looks back on his life and how, what he wants to do with his final days, which he ends up taking on this project at work that ends up being his sort of last, last act uh, of his life and also kind of rippling out and how it affects the people around him. Um, It is about an hour shorter, maybe a little less than that of from Ikiru. So at times it feels almost like an abbreviated version, Um, which if you haven't seen Akira, man, it'd be an issue, but I, I kind of noticed it. Um, it's, it's, it's directed fine. Um, but the, the big selling points for me was that it was written 
the the screenplay was written by Kazuo Ishiguro, who is one of my favorite novelists. I really love his his books, and he this is very much in line with the kinds of characters he writes and the kind of books he writes. And I recommend him full stop. But the other thing is it stars Bill Nye, one of the great, you know, uh, British actors, one of the great character actors. He's, he's Bill Nye. He's great. And he's tremendous in it. Um, he is just really, really good. Amy Lou Wood from Sex Education is in it. She's always great. Alex Sharp, who's popped up in some other things, uh, is in it. And he's very good. Um, it's, it's a movie that, like I said, I, I like art that makes you think of, or made, makes me think about how I interact with people and what my life is. And it, it, it prompted a lot of good thoughts and feelings. I think the movie is solid, but the feelings I got were, were very, very welcome. And it is totally worth watching for, 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 for the acting alone. And I think it's a well done movie. Uh, I ended up renting it from work, but it is actually streaming on Netflix. And it's less than two hours, and it's called Living. Brain. Stop from recommending like real things. <laughs> yeah. Both of you. <laughs> yeah. All right, go back I'm, and watch that thing where Marlon Brando was the captain of a ship or something. <laughs> Tell us I'm, about that. Uh, oh yeah, Mutiny on the Bounty. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's a real movie. That sounds like a like a movie. That, that is a real movie. There you go. You've done it. I recommended. Oh. All right, I'm gonna watch Tammy and the T Rex this week. I'll come back. There you go. <laughs> Last week I almost yeah go uh, yeah I threatened to watch Alien Covenant and I didn't. So yeah, go go do a re uh, your a re ranking of uh, like Thor the Dark World or whatever. Okay. Oh yeah, recommend. <laughs> well, next week we're all gonna pal around like a Marvel family and watch Shazam: Fury of the Gods. <laughs> so we'll see how we all feel about that. We all like the previous Shazam. I will go ahead and plant that flag. I I remember sitting in the theater. Um, I can't remember what we were watching. It might have been Quantum Mania or something like that. Um, Sounds right. And 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 Tyler and I just looked at each other and during the trailer, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. For for Shazam, and I I think we both just knew like something was horribly wrong. Which is a shame. I think I, I really like the first one. I, I think I used the phrase, it's bit off more than it can chew. <laughs> but they're adults. We'll, we'll they all got out. bigger mouths. Maybe one of us will be a surprise fan. That's true. I'm not counting on more than one of us, but maybe one of us will be a surprise fan. <laughs> maybe it'll be me. But yeah. I'll never it, tell. It, it, it almost certainly will not. <laughs> I, I, Halloween ends and Eternals. That's yep. true. Yeah. Maybe maybe Shazam Fury of the Gods will be as good as Halloween Ends and Eternals I, for you, Alex. I don't know if Shazam 2 <laughs> has quite the same ambitions uh, as those movies do. Whether or not you think you, they succeeded at them, I think there's a reason they, they are able to hit for Alex. I know next to nothing about this movie. I don't know the plot of it. I don't know who the bad guy is. I don't know if Namor's in it. I don't know anything about it. I think in about six months, you will probably have a hard time answering those questions. For all I know, Jackie Chan's in it. I don't awesome. know. But... Tyler, that's very generous. You say six months. I give it three weeks. Well, I'm just, I'm saying, you know. Checking, we're we're thinking half lives here of a yeah. movie memory. So I'm I'm just like really spacing out to make sure that we that I cover and and have confirmed that you will definitely not remember those things. 
six months after I watching just, the movie. I just um, can't wait to hear Britain's progress report where he goes, yeah, I watched Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Alien Covenant back to back. And yeah. I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, talk here, about... anyway, here's my recommendation. Redbeard by Akira Kurosawa. This is the story. <laughs> <laughs> we talk uh, about living we do also get john wick after that yeah so, we do uh you know what that's our that's our dessert yeah yeah things can things can be okay sometimes um if you want to hear us talk about those two movies you can find us online at here come sequels.blogspot.com you can find us on twitter at hct sequels you can email us at here come the sequels at gmail.com we are on spotify or on apple podcast or on all the usual stuff um send us memes i won't describe any memes today we've already we've already run too long i will uh have mercy upon alex and britain uh but send me memes and i will i will at some point describe them for you on this podcast shazam 2 fury of the memes yeah yeah send us memes come on guys i want to hear them i want to hear about them from tyler the rock's not in this one right don't i don't i don't know who knows? There is probably some rocks. <laughs> I know one They're probably cam- CGI. I know one cameo in it rocks. that I don't think I'm gonna have a, a great feeling about, but we'll we'll Good. see. Strom Thurmond. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll spare everyone another Dylan Minette joke. Was sure. Strom Thurmond. <laughs> I mostly know the name. <laughs> I've been Tyler. I've been Alex. I've been Britain, and you're having a good night.